Welcome to episode number 97 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We have started a new series on generosity. It's entitled, God's Generosity. What is in it for us? That's quite a question, but boy, I've got God's word to use to be able to give you an amazing response to that question. God's word is filled with examples of his generosity and how he wants to bless his people. Today, the podcast I'm doing is entitled, How to Receive God's Generosity. So let's just pray and ask for the Lord's guidance and direction, and I know that he's got something very special today. Father, I thank you for the opportunity I have to bring this message at this time to those who are listening in, and I pray, Lord, that you'd help me, Father, to go in the direction you would have me to go, and that the Holy Spirit would give me wisdom and guidance and direction and clarity as to speak on those things that will bless those who are tuning in today. Thank you once again for what you've done in the past, and I look forward to a great podcast here today, led and anointed by your Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In my last podcast, I talked about the subject of how to be generous in our marriage, in that relationship that God has ordained. I also talked about the local church and the significance of generosity in the local church. And as you know, if you've heard the previous podcast, these are not teachings on just how to give money and give a lot of money to the church, because generosity is far much greater than just simply giving of our finances. A generous person is one who gives freely and openly knowing that God will bless them because of their generosity. But more important than that, they're sharing the blessing that God has already given them with someone else, whether it be a talent, whether it be some teaching or education or an occupation that they can share with others, whether it be finances or whether it just may just simply be by being generous with our time at church and helping others. So with that, let's take on another topic today as we continue this teaching on generosity and how God wants to bless us very generously in our walk with him. Let's talk about our work or our career. You know, we've all heard the statement, you can take this job and blank it, you know. I'm not going to even use that word, but in reality, a lot of people feel that way about work. They feel like it's something that they have to deal with. It's something that they dread going to. I know I was raised in a home where my mom and dad didn't particularly like the work that they were doing, but they knew they had to do it. So work day was not a fun day when it came to with the weekends. It was a lot of fun, but when Monday came around, mom and dad always had a difficult time going to work. They always did. They always provided, even though they didn't enjoy what they were doing. They knew that it was something that they must do in order to provide for their family. Now, don't get me wrong. My mom and dad worked hard all the time. Dad very seldom took a day off. He was faithful to his job. Most of the time, he didn't enjoy what he was doing, but he was faithful in doing it because he knew he had a wife. He knew he had a family. He knew he needed to provide for them. And then my mom was kind of the same way. She would have much rather been a stay-at-home mom, been able to do things around the home, and would have preferred to do that. But they just were never able to make that happen. So they decided that even though they didn't particularly care for what they were doing, they would do it with all the energy that they had, and they do the best job that they could possibly do for their employer. Now, when people make a statement, you know, you can have this job, or you can take this job and keep this job, this statement is another way to say that there's nothing here for me. When we talk about work, it's confusing to me when I will have someone come to me and say, Pastor, I need a job. So we pray with them. And then all of a sudden, one day they get this job and they come to me and they say, Oh, God bless me with this wonderful job. I'm so excited. I'm just filled with energy and God provided it for me. And then all of a sudden, two or three months goes by and they're 
talking to me in a total different vein. And they'll say something like, boy, this job, I hate this job. I hate my boss. They don't pay me enough. It's something I I hate terribly. And yet just a few months before that, they were thanking God for this amazing job, this amazing opportunity. I've never understood why people will turn from loving something they thought was a generous gift from God and then turn against it later. You know, I'm so thankful for my parents who understood the value of a job, the importance of a job, and something that they knew that it was provided by God. So, In this teaching today, I want to talk about a little bit about our work and our career and how we look at it as far as understanding that it is literally generosity from God to provide a job for us. Now, there's a lot of people who've been used and abused and taken advantage of in a job, in their career. And we all know that it's not easy to work for every employer. I realize that some employees are underpaid overworked and underappreciated. They're just simply not happy and they're not appreciated by their boss. Let me ask you a couple questions. I want you to think about this as far as your appreciation as what God did for you or have done for all of us when it came to providing employment. Now, after leaving a job, have you ever thought about how the job started and compare it to how it ended? After 20 years of counseling as a pastor and 15 years being a supervisor in banking, You know, I've seen a lot of people develop a hatred for their work, for their job, and for their boss and their employer. Now, in church, someone would tell me that the Lord had given them this wonderful job. I mean, they just talk about it's a gift from God. It's God's generosity. It's His kindness to them. They would say it is everything they would ever need. They would always love to have this type of work, and they actually got it, that God had given them this incredible opportunity and their new boss was amazing. And sometimes I would be told their, their salary was more than they expected. Then maybe three months later, that same person would ask me to meet again with them because they needed to talk to me about some issues and some things. And they would start off with the comment, I cannot stand my job. I hate what I'm doing. I hate my boss. The boss was someone who was a tyrant and that they were not appreciated. Now they thought that they were not being paid enough and they were being taken advantage of at work. You know, what happened? Whatever happened to that blessing that came from God? What went wrong? It was possible they may have gone into the job thinking only about what is in it for me rather than thinking what has God done to provide me this job and what does he want me to do to use this job for his glory and for his benefit and for the benefit of his church. Now let me suggest the next time that we're looking for a job maybe we could think of two things that we need to do. First of all ask about what is in this job for me Second, ask what can I give to this job to be a blessing to my employer. Going into a job thinking equally about what we need to get and what we need to give may make it a more successful experience. As a matter of fact, anytime we receive a blessing from the Lord, we need to see what God wants us to do with that blessing. And we must appreciate it and be thankful for it and then ask God for guidance and direction as to how we should use the blessing that he has given us and the generosity that he's given us. Let's move on to a different topic in the area of friendships or relationships. Now, a friendship must be good for both people. I believe that with all my heart. I really do. Each member of a friendship must contribute and give generously. 
They must encourage each other and not be concerned about what they will get back based on what they give. I believe that the Lord is generous in giving us friends. And many times people rob themselves of the joy of God's blessing and his generosity by not making friendships, not making connections with people who are fellow believers. And those people who are not believers, who need the Lord, who need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So when you get around people and you see people who are hurting or people who don't have friends or they're not friendly, I believe it's our job as believers to extend God's generosity that he's given us to others. And we need to be generous in our giving of our friendships and giving of our time and our effort to encourage other people and to speak to them and do our best to share the love of Christ that's in our heart with them. You know, as a real estate developer, I'd always believe that a business deal must be good for both parties. That's kind of how I looked at things. Matter of fact, I'm planning on writing a book someday entitled The Art of the Fair Deal, based upon the premise that in business, both sides should win. And that's just not the way it works a lot of times. Now, regretfully, I'm sorry to say that many of the investors that I negotiated with in real estate in purchasing things with them did not share my belief, and that is that both sides should win. Often the buyer in the deal wanted to beat down the seller into submission. That is a classical definition of what's in it for me and for my my own good. Friendships, though, must be far greater than that and must be giving on both sides. What we put into a friendship, we'll get back. If we share our thoughts and our concern and our help and our desire to listen to other people, then the same thing will come back to us. And I believe it'll come back pressed down, shaken together and running over. In my years of counseling, I've discovered that many women are far better at building friendships than men are. A group of men may get together to watch or play a sports activity or watch a football game or something. And after the event, men usually do not know anything personal about each other. Things like, are these other guys married or not? Do they have children? Men are more competitive with each other and focus on their attention of the challenge they have with other men if they're activating in in sports things like playing golf or going bowling or something like that they become very competitive with each other and miss out many times in building a relationship or a friendship which is really a generous gift from God is to have friends. Now, conversely, after women first meet, they may soon know the names of the husbands and the children of these new acquaintances. In addition, a year later, these ladies may even remember what they wore at that meeting. Women tend to be more relational attached to each other. Most women give generously, therefore they receive generously. Now listen to me, very important men, don't don't tune me out now. This is not an assault on men. After all, I am one. Over the years, I've discovered that my best friends are those to whom I give generously. Every one of us needs a friend. The Bible tells us if we want friends, we must be friendly. I believe if we want friends, we must start by giving and not be concerned about how much we will receive from the people in our lives. So when it comes to friendships, remember, it's a gift from God. It's another example of God's generosity to us and wanting us to have friendships with his people. Let's move on now to the area of finance when it comes to how to receive this generous gift from God. Money is called a source of all kinds of evil. Now, I've seen people steal it from a bank. Matter of fact, I have experiences with people I worked with in the bank where they would actually steal money out of people's accounts 
Oh, they get caught eventually and wind up going to jail for it. But they decided the reason they wanted to work for a bank is they wanted to be around rich people. And then they decided they liked what the rich people had. So they decided, well, I'll just go ahead and take what they have and keep it for myself. That's not, obviously, the proper way to look at money. Now, some have lied to friends and family to get them to invest in a financial scheme of some one type or another. Money can be used or it can be abused in a good or bad way. In our society, money is necessary in order to function. Obviously, it can be a tool to bless others or it can be destructive in dividing friendships. As a matter of fact, I've discovered when money gets involved in a friendship, it can be very devastating. And many times we should avoid loaning money to friends or borrowing money from friends or getting involved with investments with friends unless we have a friendship that people understand what we're doing. Both sides understand that that there can be wins and there can be losses involved with this. But, but generally, it's best to keep money out of our friendship and try to avoid letting that money destroy a generous gift that God has given us of a friend and the finances that we have in our life. Now, as a believer in Jesus Christ, I feel that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. I believe that the money that we have is a blessing from the Lord, and I believe it's another example of God's generosity. Now, how we properly use it can keep its purpose of being a blessing. How we abuse it will potentially be a curse to us and to our home and to our family and to our own life. When we look at the money we make from our job, our pension, our investments, and maybe an inheritance and so forth, we must avoid looking at the funds as only what's in it for me. Viewing our finances with an attitude of gratitude will establish a foundation to use our finances to bless our needs and help the needs of others. Now, as money comes into your life, try to imagine yourself as a conduit where money flows. First, it comes to bless you, then flows through to bless others. It flows through us. We're just simply a conduit of what God has planned for us, the generosity he has planned for us in our finances. Now that we have looked at marriage and children and church and finances and work and friendships, what have we discovered? Let me just make this statement. Having an attitude of thinking only about what's in it for me will not build up any of these areas in our life. However, having an attitude of giving generously in all of these areas will provide us a life filled with more joy and more peace and more success. We'll also have a life of being thankful for what God has done in our life. Jesus said he came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. I believe that we can live the abundant life if we start by giving generously and not always being concerned only about what's in it for me. Now, this particular session that I'm doing, I'm using a book that I've written as kind of my outline to kind of inspire me as to what to talk about and what areas to look into. The book that I've written which is kind of the outline or the guideline for this this series of lessons on generosity is entitled Generosity, What's in it for me? And it was written so that people can understand that there's nothing wrong with understanding that when we look at something that's a financial blessing to us, it's okay sometimes to say to ourselves, what's in it for me? In the sense that it's going to meet a need or it's going to take care of something that I have to have taken care of in my life. However, if we look at money and financial blessings that come in as something about, in a a way of greed, uh, saying to ourselves, what's in it for me? It's always got to know 
What am I going to get out of this thing? What am I going to get out of this friendship? What am I going to get out of the church? What am I going to get out of serving God? What am I going to get out of my job? What am I going to get out of my relationship with my husband or my wife or my family, my children? If that's how we think, we're going to be a very miserable person. So I'm hoping that this teaching will help us understand that God is the source of the blessings in our life, and He has a plan for us to be able to bless others, and He wants to be generous to us so that we can then be generous to others. I think I'd make a big mistake if I didn't point out some of the things in the last two podcasts that I think might be helpful in understanding this topic that I'm talking about, and that is the fact that that God is generous to us and what's in it for us. So let me just just kind of hit some topics real quick here and, and kind of move on through this particular podcast. In marriage, let me just give this as a point. I call it a high point that I've made. Try to outgive your spouse. So why don't you take a piece of paper, if you have that ability, you're sitting down somewhere, and write down ways that you can do that. Ways that you can outgive your spouse, that you can bless your spouse, that you can be generous to them. Because our spouses, I believe, are a generous gift from God, and therefore we should be generous to that gift. And the only thing that we can be generous with, quite frankly, is our attention, our love, our concern, and caring for that person. Now with our children. Let me, let me give you a little little comment here. I think it'll be helpful when understanding the blessing that God has give, gives us through the gift of children in our life. Teach them generosity by living generously. Let me repeat that to you. I think that's really important. With our children, we can teach them generosity by living generously. That means we, we are seen by them to be generous with our friendship and our talents and our finances and our ability to help people and just our sharing and wanting to be a friend to someone. When we do that, then we can make quite an impact on our kids. You see, because our children watch us constantly. I know as a child, I've spent most of my time kind of overseeing how my parents handled things, how they handled a challenge with a neighbor or how they handled a disagreement they had maybe with the pastor at the church or maybe a disagreement at work or whatever it might be. How would they handle it? Did they rebel and fight and constantly get in turmoil? No, they didn't. They taught me that I needed to be a peacemaker in these areas, that I needed to be someone who appreciated the the job that I had, that I needed to be someone who was thankful for the generous gift of the home that we lived in, whether it was big and fancy or not, but it was a home that we had and for the food on the table. And my parents taught me to be thankful for what we had. And so with that, we have a tendency to build children to help them to understand the significance of generosity in their life. And they won't just constantly take from others and and not have a desire to give back to other people. Now, when we talk about the local church. I spent some time on that. Let's let's review on that because I want you to take something out of this with you. We've covered marriage. We've covered children. Now, what about the local church? Let me ask you this question. What can I do for my church? We should always think, what can I do for the church rather than what can the church do for me? I believe most importantly that God's generosity is pointed out when he gave the gift of his son and his son came and established the local church talked about the importance that his son, of course, was Jesus Christ. And he talked about the local church. And the local church is a generous gift from God. So when we go to the church, we go to services on Sunday, or we meet with the pastor, or we go to a Bible class, or whatever we're doing in our church, we need to understand that it's not all about receiving from the church. It's about giving to the church. You've noticed I haven't mentioned giving financially to the church, but I think that point should be made right now. And that is that I believe that we should give of our finances to support our church. 
church has to have a place to meet. It has utilities. It has things it has to take care of. The pastor should be paid. And those are things that the congregation must take care of. So when it comes to the local church, we must remember that God has given us a generous gift of a good job or a job of some type, whatever we're going through right now. It may not be the perfect job, but on the other hand, it's a gift from God. And then the finances that we gift are another gift from God. The marriage that we have, the children that we have, the relationships that we have, the friendships that we can have in the local church are all generous gifts from God. So therefore, we must remember we go to church, think about what can we do to be generous to the church because it has been so generous to us. Let's look just a second now about our work or our career. What can I give to my company? This might be a good time to stop and think about the job that you have, the career that you have. If you're self-employed and you have your own company, then think about why you have your own company or why do you work for this particular company and someone else? And what can I do to give to my company? What can I do to show them that I appreciate what I have and the opportunity that I have here? Rather than find all the negative things, look for the positive things in your job, in your career, in your business, and just be thankful to God for it. And this might be a good time to list what you could do to be better at work and how you can be more appreciative of a blessing that God has given you. Now let's move on to friends. This is really important and that is that a friendship must be good for both people. So this might be a good time to take a piece of paper and pencil and sit and write down a list of things of how can we be a better friend to someone else. Friendships many times are designed so that we can be blessed. A lot of times we look for a friend because we want them to do things for us, to bless us, to encourage us, to lift us up. So I would say in your friendships, whatever you want out of a friendship, why don't you pour that into the friendship and then you watch and see if it won't come back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. So once again, friends are a generous gift from God. You should enjoy them. You should encourage them and be a friend to them. Matter of fact, there was one time I had a guy that I knew, a very dear friend of mine, and we were kind of going through a difficult time in our friendship. And he said to me that he was irritated about this and didn't like the way this happened or what I said about that or wherever. We went back and forth. And all of a sudden I looked at him and I said, I just want to let you know that I don't agree with everything you're saying, but that really doesn't matter. But just, I want you to forgive me for anything that I've said or done that's offended you or hurt you. I value your friendship and I don't want anything come between this friendship that we have and it, everything changed. As soon as I took the stand to say, I'm sorry, it seemed like everything changed. And he said, you know, you're right. It's not that big a deal. Let's just let us go. And, and just let it go and don't even think about it. And that was years ago. And he's never brought it up. I've never brought it up. Matter of fact, I'm sitting here thinking, what was the actual topic that we were talking about? And I don't even remember it. But bottom line, we should value our friendships because they are a generous gift from God. And then finally, let's once again talk a little bit about a generous gift that God gives us, and that's our finances, our income, what we have to work with financially. We receive money to bless us, and that's fine. And we should also receive money to be a blessing to others. It's not just that we get money so that we can keep it to ourselves and just kind of never share it with anyone else. And when I mean sharing, it might mean like buying somebody a cup of coffee or just sending them a, a card in the mail or something like that. You see, in our finances, we must remember that God blesses us with the finances that we have. Now, maybe you don't have as much as you'd like, but if you're faithful with what you have, I believe that God will find a way to provide more for you. Because if you're faithful with 
little, he knows that you'll be faithful with much. So we must be faithful to God to be a blessing to others with the finances that we receive. So I'd like you to maybe write a few things down, kind of a little bit of a homework assignment here, and determine who or what would you like to bless financially with the finances that you have. I'm not saying you have to give everything that you have away, but I can tell you, if you give, you will be blessed in your finances, and you'll be blessed with the generosity that God has provided for you. So I think we've come kind of to the end of this particular podcast. I'd like to close, though, with a scripture I think that applies very much to what I've taught about today. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10. It's in the New Living Translation. And it reads like this, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce great harvests of generosity in you. See, once again, another promise that God wants to bless us and he wants to provide for us. Let me pray over you for just a second. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would generously bless all those who are listening in, that you would pour out a blessing on them, Father God, that would bless them in their area of need, whether it be financial need, a relationship needs, a church relationship, Father, friends that they need, Father, whatever it might be, Lord, that you would bless them in their talents, in their skills, Lord, Father, and in their homes and their families. Thank you for it, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. You know, this series, I believe we're just barely getting started with it. There's so much we need to talk about. When we talk about God's generosity, there's nothing wrong with attaching to that what is in it for us. Because when we think that way, we're basically giving God all the credit and all the glory and all the honor for his generosity. So we serve a generous God, an amazing God who is so giving and so loving and so kind to us and so concerned about us. I hope that you approach this series in a way that it will strengthen, first of all, your relationship with the Lord. Secondly, it'll strengthen your relationship in the local church that you're attending. In addition to that, that it will strengthen and help your relationship with your, if you're married with your family, with your spouse, or with your children. If you're a single person, it'll strengthen you in your relationships with your friends. If you don't have a lot of friends, then I hope it gives you an understanding that God wants you to have a lot of friends. He wants you to have relationships that will be a blessing to you because I believe God will bless your friends so that they will be a blessing to you. And the same thing applies to us. He'll bless us so that we can then be a blessing to someone else. See, the whole concept of generosity is giving from what you have. doesn't mean you have to be rich in order to be a generous person. It doesn't mean you have to have great talent in order to be a generous person. doesn't mean you have to have your own business or be a successful career or be a person that everyone looks up to or have doctorates and master's degrees and all these things. Although those are wonderful things, there's nothing wrong with them. Those are given to us as a generous gift from God so that we can then be a generous blessing to someone else. So generosity is such a misunderstood topic. I've written a whole book on it, and so I hope that that will be a blessing to you. In addition to that, if you would like to get additional information on this teaching or my other teachings on faith or whatever it might be, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. If you go there, you'll see a number of books that I've written. One's entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. It's basically a Christian guide as to how to get out of debt and how to be financially comfortable and be in a position that you can give when you have a heart 
to give and have a desire to give, and you'll be able to use your finances wisely and be blessed to the Lord. There's another book entitled, Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. It's a book based upon the premise of calling forth those things that are not as though they are. And that book was written to help people have greater faith. And I just completed about a, I guess, a 20 podcast series or longer dealing with that as my outline for that teaching. So when you get on my webpage, you'll see that those are available to you. So if you would like, you can you can check those out. Also, there's a couple books there on veterans and what they face. So if you know someone who's a veteran, someone who's challenged with maybe post-traumatic stress disorder, the PTSD we hear so much about today, there's a book written there that should help them and give them some direction in that area. In addition to that, if you're interested in the podcast that I've talked on so many different topics, you can subscribe to my podcast on CPN Show's dot com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now this particular podcast is called Quality Christian Living. That's the the, the major title of it and it's designed to help people live a more abundant quality Christian life. A life filled with more joy and more happiness and more peace than you even thought possible. The way we try to deal with this is use the teachings in God's word on how to live the abundant life, the type of life that he's planned for us. God wants us to be more than overcomers. He wants us to be conquerors. He wants us to be people of influence. He wants us to be people of peace and people who understand the value of having a relationship with him and other believers. So with that, I'm going to wrap this up today, but I I hope in my deepest hopes is that you'll receive something special in this teaching on generosity. And I pray that maybe you'll invite your friends or people that you know to tune in from podcast to podcast as we enter into this teaching to understand God's generosity and what is in it for us. And with that, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. My next episode is entitled, How to Give Generously So You Will Receive Generously. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be probably the best lesson we've had so far in this new series. So with that, may God richly bless you and thank you so much for tuning in.